<sighs> okay. <sighs> Man, digging and then filling in a hole is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, especially through concrete, but we did it. He's gone. Yeah. We don't need to worry about this ever again. Wait a second. Ben? Are those the nunchucks in your pocket right there? Yeah. You were supposed to throw them in with him. Now we have to go find an incinerator somewhere. I'm not going to leave the evidence with the body. All right, let's let's go find the incinerator. Uh, okay. If Death Stranding's taught me anything, there's one about a 20-minute walk away. So we should be fine. All okay. right, let's go. You haven't seen the last of the mayor of music. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft of the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we've picked a topic. Last week, we picked our favorites, and now we're going to fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here today to debate villains. If you're just joining us last week, we each picked our five villains. I'm not going to say favorites no. uh, at all. Moving on. But we picked five villains each, and this week we're going to use them in debate. And we can get straight to it. Chris, Ben, first match. And as we uh, before we started, Snidely Whiplash came over, left his top hat full of criteria for us, so yep. we'll be drawing out of that. Mm-hmm. Also, Snidely Whiplash, great villain, went for him as ho- went went as ho- uh, went out for ho- went out on Halloween as him once, and it was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I think it's really only right that I go with one particular villain first and above all, um, and that is my Lord Satan. Hail Satan. All right. Okay. Uh, ben. I I mean that in a punk rock kind of way. All right. Ben, lock in your pick. If it was a punk rock way, you would not have made your your, uh, pick for another half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So I will go with the... A uh, person I drafted 35 minutes ago. I'm going with Ozymandias. It was it was more than 35 minutes ago. Just so I, you, I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Pitch your villain's super sweet ultra secret hideout. <laughs> Chris, um, where's your own personal Satan hiding out at? So midway through life, I found myself lost. In tw- what? What do you got? Ten years to that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, okay. G- going off of family history, I probably got about five years until that. But uh, um, all right. But midway through life, I found myself lost in a wood um, when the, the truth path had abandoned me. Um, there, I ran into my buddy Virgil, who took me into a super secret, ultra sweet hiding place. Uh, he took me into hell. Okay. All nine circles of it, each one more diabolical than the last, ending in the frozen ninth circle of hell um, where uh, Satan makes his home. Okay. I feel like... There's oh, and also all of been my a po- number of books about this also, topic. It's all of my political enemies. Secret. All of my political enemies were in, in hell as well. Oh yeah, and everybody who was <laughs> ever mean to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. doesn't really sound super secret. Like or that ultra one kid. Sweet, but that one kid in sixth grade that I really hated. Yeah, he's that there. disappeared, and I never saw him again. He's there. Okay. He had a bowl cut. Hey, that wasn't. Probably wasn't his choice. But he had, he had blonde hair and a bowl cut, and he was a stereotypical bully. 
Um, like in every sense of the word. And I don't know what happened to him. I've tried to find him to tell him, hey, you sucked back then. <laughs> and I can't find him. Yeah, you want to bully him now. <laughs> yeah, do some cyberbullying. It's a good response. I think, I mean, payback doesn't count as bullying, right? No, it totally does. <laughs> very much so. Wait, so Revenge of the Nerds just made all of oh, the nerds into bullies? The, the nerds are awful in that movie. Yeah, they're they literally sexual assault. Yeah, they're, it's real bad. They're, they're yeah, re- that's, Ogre that's, has reason to hate nerd. Yeah, that's like, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> man, that, talk about something aging poorly. <laughs> I don't think that aged w- that was good when it came out. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It came out into a landscape of like Porky's. Like it was there was a there was basically a period uh, of five uh, years <laughs> in the seven in the late seventies where movies like this just were. Co- very common but other people doing it does not make it okay i'm not saying it's okay i'm yeah. not saying it's okay all right it just reminds me once for family movie night my dad was like oh animal house i seem to remember this being funny and my mom was like me too let's have family movie night and watch animal house it was a poor decision <laughs> ben do your parents listen to this podcast probably not <laughs> man Sometimes they are the worst. Well, I just, I, I totally understand that. Oh, I remember watching this movie 30 years ago. I'm sure it was still, I don't, it, it was funny. I don't. So Ben, just to put this in perspective, when Henry will be like 10 years old, the same thing would be you saying, oh, American Pie. I remember that as a funny film. Let's watch that. I've never seen American Pie, so I can't comment but i'm assuming it's like watching uh, honestly man or something you're not missing much a dude fucks a pie Uh, i I mean i'm I'm aware of the the name of the movie yes yeah dude fucks a pie is the name of a movie well it's (laughs) is why they named the movie what they do but yeah but yeah i mean like that's the same like historical disconnect they didn't have they they didn't have a reason to ever just to remember it without all of the awful things in it yeah I, I just maybe they, I I'm maybe trying they, to cut them as much slack as I can for like <laughs> hey maybe case I, they're listening well but also just like I saw this when I was a kid and remember it being funny that's true yeah maybe maybe there was cocaine involved the I time mean, frame was 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 good for that so maybe they saw it while on cocaine and thought it was a yeah riot. and to be fair that's pretty it's a pretty funny movie yeah again a lot of problematic shit in it. Yeah, but yeah. you can't watch a film from the seventies or, or early eighties. I mean, you can barely watch a film now. So Ben Ozymandias. So with Ozymandias, you've got some options because I mean, he already has a really cool secret hideout. It is his Arctic Pyramid Renewable Resources, uh, Doctor Manhattan Generator, yeah. you know, cave. But that's not secret anymore. The, the Watchmen found it and messed it all up. Yeah. And, of course... If, if by messed it all up, you mean Rorschach made a giant mess. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do you know how hard it is to clean ice? Yeah. It's real hard. You can't wash it. No. Um, but uh, you also have his uh, his business empire, his you know really sweet uh, apartment up in the top of... Uh, his uh, own skyscraper, you mm-hmm. know, living up there. Uh, but everybody knows it's his building. It's, you know, hey, why does Batman keep leaving Wayne Tower every time Bruce Wayne goes up to the top floor? Like, okay, maybe this isn't a great secret hideout. But what's one thing we do know uh, exists in uh, the Watchmen universe? Repulsor technology. Mm-hmm. Ozymandias helped uh, Night Owl build his uh, uh, Archimedes uh, flying uh, uh, flying pod. And the other thing we know about Ozymandias is he never does something unless he's going to do it big. It's true. So while he was just like, oh, this is good enough for you, I'm going to have my own super sweet flying uh space like air fortress uh that i can sneak off to whenever i need to not be down there 
So he's going to have a completely renewable, uh, completely self-sustaining uh, floating city that he uh, can run as he sees fit that is above the petty squabbles of the the uh, the reds and the blues down below. And he is going to rule as he sees fit because he's that kind of guy. Bioshock hmm. 4. Man, you really need to see the Watchmen TV show. Doesn't he live in a castle? You really need to see <laughs> the Watchmen TV show. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's less than a year old and I've been encouraging everyone to listen to it on pod for months. And if they haven't gotten around to it yet, this is your official last chance. Next episode that Ozymandias or Watchmen comes up in, I will not be bashful about spoilers. I do really want to see it. I just haven't had an opportunity. Yeah, I don't have HBO. I told you, get the seven-day trial of HBO now. It is worth it. <laughs> it's worth paying for the month of HBO now it takes you to watch all of it, if that's what it takes. It's only 10 episodes. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, well, no, this I, is, I this, want- it's also my warning for the two of you. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Because uh, I want to watch that. I want I want to catch up on Westworld. You know. Well, yeah, Westworld's new season starts in seven days. Yeah. So... It's a good time for that. All right. Um, so uh, my options are literal hell, like Dante's literal hell. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Or <laughs> isn't that the quick stop? Well, Ben, you were about to get a point, but now. Well, no, I, I wasn't that the allegory. <laughs> that is the allegory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um or a sweet flying city that I imagine is sphinx shaped. Just I mean, there are sphinxes and pyramids. Wait, wait and, you yeah. can't just call upon an allegory. No, no. I mean, in when they made no in clerks, clerks, the quick stop Dante. Like it's an allegory. Yeah, he has no. descended into his personal hell of retail. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, okay. it's an actual allegory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that when I watched it as a kid. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> you mean you hadn't read the Divine Comedy? No, strangely enough, I had. I read the Divine Comedy at fourteen. Um, by you the way, would. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it, it fucks you up at fourteen, um, especially if you do any sort of like trying to read into it. Um, but no, I just just never made the reference. All right. Well, um. Yeah, I mean, if I've got to choose which one of these two places I want to spend time, Ben is the clear winner. Uh, I could have, like, made up a place for Satan to go hide out. Yeah, you could have. But it would have been disingenuous. He's he's Satan. Satan lives in hell. That's his whole thing. He's your own personal Satan, Chris. You could have gone any direction you wanted. He would have lived someplace unpleasant. Like, like the token lounge. <laughs> yeah, Ben would still win for sure. <laughs> Fucking token lounge. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, maybe maybe 10 people um, who would, would ever listen to this podcast will... We'll know what we're talking about right now. It's fine. <laughs> All right, the next match is Ben versus Jafar. I once jumped off of an amplifier at the token lounge, and I nailed my head on the ceiling so hard I saw stars. Oh, shit. <laughs> I kept playing, though. <laughs> was this, where was the, Where is this place? Uh, it's like it's, three miles from here. It's on oh, okay. Joy Road. Yeah. Joy Road and Inkster about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. It's a shithole. It's a shitty local venue. But, yep. but it is like. It the, was the rubbles of Livonia. They were Fair totally enough. fine with like letting shitty high school bands play there constantly. And occasionally bigger acts do come through and stop there kind of as a way to like show their, their local roots. So as a venue, it's pretty important, but it's also really shitty. <laughs> All right, Ben, lock one in. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Vaz from Far Cry 3. 
All right. And the only the only villain on my list that I feel is uh, diabolical enough to compete with Vaz is Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Fuck, I would I would play the shit out of that mod. <laughs> Wouldn't you though? All right. <laughs> Just Oh, I can't say that without providing enough context. Making Thomas the train the tank engine say anything that Vaz has said immediately makes our podcast sound X-rated. <laughs> um, okay. Somehow, the villain mailman from Jingle All the Way is no longer in the movie. Replace him with your villain. What is their evil plan? <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> okay. So what's Vaz going to do to uh, get the Turbo Men toys? Well, more bombs. <laughs> there was one bomb in Jingle All the Way. Boss, more bombs. More bombs. Uh, He's going to drug Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me the whole thing here. But I think the, the end goal is the same as it is in Far Cry 3. He wants uh, the Turbo Man dolls so he can hold them for ransom and sell them at a higher price on the secondary market. Uh, also, I think the black market is the third is a, is the tertiary market. Cause like the secondary market is like eBay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, they do go to the black market Santa, uh, shop. Yeah. And that, I would say that that would be tertiary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you got store eBay. You know what? I'm just now realizing that jingle all the way is really about like the life cycle of products outside the traditional, you know, retail setting. Interesting. Sorry. Um, the secondary market. The secondary yeah. and tertiary markets. But his plan is also probably bigger than the Turbo Man doll. Arnold just happens to get caught up in it, uh, mm -hmm. which is why he's also probably planning to kill everybody at the holiday parade um, to make his point. And to capture the working Turbo Man suit, which will allow him to complete more of his nefarious plans. All right. Because it has a working jetpack and disc launchers. It's probably also like bulletproof. <laughs> Checks out. All right. So Thomas, Thomas is going to get into the Turbo Man market like, uh, or rather, he wants to shut down the Turbo Man market. Um, I know I drafted Thomas as a villain, uh, but the more and more I thought about it, he's really a uh, statement for unionization of labor. Um, so I think what's going to happen is is Ringo is just not paying these living trains. Uh, you know, he's just a conductor. Uh, you know, he just he's trying to get the job done. And when the shipment of turbo men tries to pass through uh, small town station or whatever, uh, shining time station, shining time station. Thank you. Oh, oh, that was going to bother me. Thank you. <laughs> um, they just uh, they just leave them there. They just stop the commerce. They never make it to the uh, to the Twin Cities. Ooh. Just Arnold never even has a chance. Just the shortage is held up by the trains never delivering the toys in the first place. Hmm. Tell me more about Thomas's plan to overthrow the bourgeoisie. Yeah. So basically, um, <laughs> Thomas is just like uh, commerce is bullshit. We're seizing the means of production. Um, well, they're not. They're not seizing the means of production, but they're seizing the uh, the transportation as to slow the means of production for the greater revolution. I mean, trains yeah. owning their, <laughs> if a train owns the company that ships things, it, one would argue they own the, the means of, of production for the shipping industry. At yeah. least the, the means of locomotion. Yeah. The yeah. Means the means of, of locomotion. locomotion. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're just shutting it down. They're tired of being um, unpaid slave trains. And I, I totally George understand and respect this. that. George Carlin. Yeah. Uh, George Carlin would probably be on board. That's why they had to replace him with Ringo. Well, he would be on board. He's the conductor. Yeah. Wait, what? 
George Carlin was also the conductor. He was the conductor before Ringo. Shining Time Station was an insane TV show. <laughs> George Carlin and was replaced by Ringo Starr on a children's TV show. Yeah. This like, is the thing that happened. Like, yeah, George Carlin. Really, no, I mean, that's it, too. George yeah. Carlin agreed with the trains. They had to replace him. The seven, the seven words you can't say on Shining Time Station. <laughs> <laughs> unionize, 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 unionize. There's a funny clip I saw somewhere of Ringo Starr. And it was just, man, the sex, the drugs, the girls. I miss Shining Time Station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As much as I wanted to give this to um, to Vaz monologuing Arnold Schwarzenegger, the idea of George Carlin like ripping a fat rail of coke and then um, conspiring with the engines to overthrow the patriarchy, um, uh, fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm signing up for for Thomas's uh, for Thomas's revolution. Uh, go vote. Just so you know, though, uh, those books, the the books the show is based on are very, very conservative. So it's probably a very conservative regime they would be putting into place. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, that that happens sometimes after the revolution. I'll take my um, I'll I'll take I'll take the bet. Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, a radical regime against taxes ends up turning into something conservative after hundreds of years yeah that's true more or less and also um if they get uh too outrageous we just stop feeding them coal that's that's murder chris they're just they're just trains ben they're they're people trains chris are they yes Mm. it's really unclear (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna say yes (laughs) They have faces. Okay, so they have but faces. But let's move on. <laughs> Are they automatons? Or if you like take the face off, is there like train muscle underneath? I don't want to have to ask Nicholas Cage. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> Hold I on. I want to take the train's face <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no. Are train bones metal? <laughs> no. The next match is Jafar versus Chris. To the, the next match is Jafar versus Chris. The car bones connected to the car bone. Oh, the car no. bones connected to the caboose bone. And that's the way it goes. That's the shortest fucking train I've ever seen, man. <laughs> Guys. I, I could do, be I could do the train crossing version in just <laughs> 20 minutes of just car bones connected to the car bone. The car bones connected to the I'm going to lock in Grandpa Joe. Bone. In an effort to get this moving, Chris. <laughs> moving like a train. <laughs> Chris, you have to lock something in now. Okay. Um. Pardon me. Am I choosing Aaron Burr, sir? All right. Aaron Burr's never been on a train in his life. You sly dog, you caught me monologuing. What's your villain's greatest moment of self-awareness? While we wait. The car bone's connected to the car bone. Stop, the car stop. bone's connected to the car bone. The car bone's connected to the car bone. And that's the way it goes. Can we get, like, a t-shirt that's just Thomas the tra- the, tr- the tank engine, like an x-ray that shows where all of his bones are? <laughs> <laughs> that's some I'm sorry, John shit right there. Is there an I'm sorry, John, but for Thomas the Tank Engine? Um, Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the uh, the Train Skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
I think there's plenty of content for this. <laughs> oh, Ben. I don't want I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's just a giant naked person inside the train. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. This one's crawled out of the t- the train. <laughs> and it has snails. Oh yeah, I've seen that. one's nice he's just wearing a top hat and sipping some tea all right all right guys i'm i'm we're ready to move on now <laughs> i'm never going to move on from this this is my life now okay God. this is what i do well have taylor tattoo one of those on you <laughs> oh the one of them crawling out like a snail yeah that'd make a sweet tattoo so grandpa joe um has a moment where his true colors really shine through. Um, And it's when Charlie wins the factory. Um, Willy Wonka is all like, and you can live here, but your family can't. And that's when Grandpa Joe has to get involved so that he can follow through and move into the chocolate factory. And they go and find Willy Wonka's dad, Wilbur Wonka, who is a dentist. (laughs) <laughs> and Joe, Grandpa Joe wants to move into this factory so bad that he forces the Wonkas to reconcile so that Willy Wonka removes the stipulation that the family can't move in. And he does this through a monologue. Is that in the book? Yes, that's actually in the book. Hmm. It just makes me wonder why he didn't just go like, sure, whatever you say, Willie. Now I've signed over and now my family can move in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the boss now. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just gave a factory to a miner. I am taking control of it as his guardian. Yeah. Okay. Also, you gave a factory (laughs) to to a a miner. As we all know, they should only be in mines. (laughs) Oh. Now I'm the villain in your history I was too young and blind to see I should have known I should have known the world was wide enough For both Hamilton and me Is what you want him to say But If I'd have known America would lift this bastard orphan up. This loud one that they all despise, a martyr made before my eyes, I'd aimed a little higher. Raised my gun before I fired, not to throw away my shot, but knock that fucking halo off. Did you make that up? Mm-hmm. I told you I'm writing I'm writing Hamilton too. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Chris gets the point. <laughs> <laughs> the moment of self-awareness, um, just to explain a tiny bit, because I think this is really cool, is that in the end of Hamilton, that's mm-hmm. Burr's line, right? I I I would have known the world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me. That is a reference to something he did say. But it was said in a very different context. He was quoting Voltaire, Mm -hmm. who was making a statement essentially about the world being wide enough for him, a person, and an irritating fly so that he doesn't have to swat it, basically. Yeah. So in this statement, Burr is referencing the fact that he swatted Hamilton like a fly. And instead, he should have just like let the fly exist. He should have just let him exist as an annoying, buzzing little thing. So Burr was not like uh, <laughs> Burr was a lot less sympathetic in reality. Oh, than yeah. In, than in Hamilton. Yeah. And I think that exploring how that turns and how the duel with Hamilton like alters the course of his life, um, especially given how hypocritical it is, because like everybody fucking hated Hamilton. 
Oh yeah. And then the second he's dead, all of Washington D.C. is like a buzz with like, oh, oh how Damn, tragic, Oakland. how tragic. And Aaron Burr's just like, dude, I did you all a favor. Y'all fucking wanted to kill him for years. I'm just the person who did it. <laughs> so yeah, Hamilton too coming soon. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of the first round, and everyone's tied up at one. Next match is Ben versus Chris. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the person who's uh, not the sidekick of the sorcerer Jafar, but the villain Iago from uh, right. Othello. Chris? Uh, I'm going to go with humanity's savior. The one that led humanity along the thousand-year golden path to its own salvation. Um, Leto the second. All right, Ben, Chris, pitch your villain's theme song. So, for Iago, for those of you who don't know Othello, Iago is a guy who is third in command of the Venetian army, feels he should be second in command, and because of that, starts scheming. Scheming to get the guy ahead of him, scheming to get Othello, who's, you know, in charge because he promoted somebody else and that other guy doesn't deserve to be there. And because Othello didn't see how great he is, he doesn't deserve to be there. And everybody else who gets in my way, well, they can go down too. And he starts scheming and plotting. And what do you need above all when you are scheming and plotting? You need good timing. A ticka 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 timing. A taka 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 timing is the thing. It's true. Good timing for me and you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, Chris gets the point. We haven't even heard his pitch yet. Oh yeah. Okay. I guess go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I I am of course taking uh uh good timing by Jimmy Jones. The worst song ever made, <laughs> especially the worst song to have ever played pretty much nonstop on the radio station of a goddamn Kroger while I worked there for fucking months. So Chris so you theoretically have to pitch in order to win here. So, so, so Leto the second um, is the son of Paul Atreides, um, also known as Modib, um, also known as uh, Mahdi, um, amongst the tribe of the Freeman. And in a lot of ways, Leto the second is trying to carry on his father's work. Um, Paul sees the future and sees at a certain point that the only way to avoid an eternity really of suffering for the the human race um, is to institute like essentially a plan and uh, to, to basically amputate the hand to avoid losing the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Unfortunately, that plan does not end up resting on his shoulders, but on his son's shoulders, which makes it kind of a really tough sell. Um, and once Leto II uh, understands fully what his father's plan was, um, he sp- I, I'd imagine he spends a lot of time thinking about that over the centuries afterwards as he slowly turns into a giant sandworm. Um, and uh, so I'm thinking that his song is probably... Um, Neil Young's old man, old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Um, okay. I live alone in a paradise that makes me think of, uh, of you. Um, I also, I'm a giant sandworm now. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just like the song says, also I'm a giant sandworm now. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew what Neil Young meant at the time, but yeah, we don't. <laughs> well, Neil Young had prescient visions. Of, of future Doom plots. Present visions. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. 
Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. He's not in the mood for details. Now you listen to me. Details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. Present visions of Dune. <laughs> Actually, I think Old Man might have come out. Let's see. <laughs> old Man, Neil Young. Came out in 1972. Yeah, Dune was in uh, 69, I think. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, when was God Emperor of Dune, though? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. God Emperor of Dune was was much later, I think. Yeah. Let's see. God Emperor of Dune. Yeah, 19... Neil Young had prescient visions of Dune. All right. <laughs> Well, I enjoy this headcanon, so Chris gets the point. <laughs> and also, Ben chose a shitty song, so Chris gets the point. The next match is Jafer versus Ben. I'm going to go with uh, Gordon Bombay. And I've got Alan Rickman or Alan Rickman left, so I'm going with Alan Rickman, Sheriff of Nottingham. <clears throat> Nobody does it better? Bullshit. I got this. How does your villain kill Bond? All right, so um, we're going to set this in the Mighty Ducks 2 era. <laughs> How does Gordon Bombay kill James Bond? How does Gordon Bombay kill James Bond? So um, <laughs> this is content you don't get anywhere else. <laughs> the the this only is... place this conversation has ever happened is right now on this podcast. This is why you tune in to Draft the Universe. <laughs> So, okay. So we're gonna go with Mighty Ducks two era. So it's um, we are at the uh, Junior Olympics in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? Um, Gordon Bombay's coaching Team USA. He's uh, feuding with Team Iceland, right? Mm-hmm. Now the team that we don't see in the tournament is the team from the United Kingdom. True. And the reason for that is Gordon Bombay took them out. Before they ever got to the tournament. <laughs> oh, my. Um, so I'm imagining a scenario here where they're like on a plane on their way over. And it's kind of like the opening of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> where, where Gordon Bombay is just like on another plane above them. <laughs> what? Repels down. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's got the ducks with him, you know, to like help out. And they uh, descend upon the plane in a flying V formation (laughs) and uh, take out the Great Britain team coached by James Bond. Quack, quack, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You merely adopted the ice. I was born to it. (laughs) Is it okay that I'm now picturing Gordon Bombay as being like totally jacked? Oh, yeah, well, he is. He, there's a reason he always wears that varsity coat. Okay. Hides it. It's because he's totally jacked underneath. He's totally jacked underneath. Okay. Emilio! Uh, totally, totally jacked Gordon Bombay might be a good episode title. Um. I, I was thinking Gordon or Bombay versus Bond. But. Oh, yeah. No, Bombay v. Bond also pretty good. So... <laughs> Gordon Bombay. <laughs> Ducks fly together. <laughs> That's the code word for them to spend upon the plane. <laughs> Gordon Bombay is not on the level of a Bond villain. He's, a, he's actually successful? No, because he's a lawyer who's not even powerful enough to get out of community service. Bond is dealing with a higher class of criminal. Criminals who maybe have henchmen. Does the Sheriff of Nottingham have Sheriff of Nottingham have henchmen? Heck yeah. He even has an arch henchman in Guy of Gisborne. He's got henchmen with henchmen. He's got a power base. He's got an air of legitimacy. He is the kind of person where you can't just... But he's not the coach of the U.S. Junior Olympic hockey team, though. Just to be clear. No, he has an actual job. No no, no Junior Olympic gold. Hold on. Just to be clear, because I don't want any... Any any not facts to creep in here. You are correct. 
The sheriff of Nottingham does not coach hockey teams. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want that out on the table. I want that to be known. And how many castles does Gordon Bombay own? I mean, he's in Minnesota and real estate's not that expensive. So I'm going to guess at least one. <laughs> Sorry. Ben, where, where, where were you? <laughs> so, in air of legitimacy, I believe. In air of legitimacy, yeah. he's got... He, yeah. has, he has a title... He has uh, people who work for him, and his actions are sanctioned, which is exactly the kind of person that you send a double O like James Bond to try and uh, take care of. You can't send like the constabulary over because they work for the guy. Yeah, in my, my personal headcanon right now, this is like James Bond is a title, and this is like era appropriate James Bond to fight the sheriff of Nottingham. I mean, I, I, I'm not moving uh, the sheriff forward to the modern day. I'm you're moving, moving James Bond, Bond back. back. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I appreciate that and I like it. Uh, and so he comes in, he's, you know, suave and debonair, but the sheriff of Nottingham has so much practice dealing with nobles who seem to be on his side, but turn out not to be. You know, Robin of Loxley uh, turns into Robin Hood. Marion turns out to be in league with Robin Hood. In some cases, even Guy of Gisborne turns on him. But he still has the backing of the crown, and he still has uh, just leagues of, uh, of henchmen to throw at him. And I believe the one thing that sets... Uh, sets the sheriff of Nottingham apart is well, he's quick while he's uh, willing to like verbally joust with somebody when he has the chance to, he just kills you. You will never catch the sheriff of Nottingham monologuing. Hmm. Ultimately what this comes down to is, do I think that James Bond could beat Robin Hood? Because that establishes the hierarchy necessary here. And I think he could. So I think that probably he could beat the Sheriff of Nottingham. You think James Bond could beat Robin Hood and the Merry Men? No, no, no. This is about comparisons of, of power. Yeah, but I'm saying James Bond is going James alone. Bond doesn't have to fight Robin Hood and the Merry Men. Yeah, he just it's, has to be better than Robin Hood. Because Robin Hood takes out the Sheriff of Nottingham... And the merry men take out the goons. Yeah, so it's just a one. It's yeah. It's but just, I, I think it's without, a one to one without the without the support structure. James Bond doesn't even get close. And I also I legitimately think the support uh, structure of Robin, the Robin of Hood. the of the Kingdom of England. Except this time the sheriff has it. He is <laughs> sanctioned by King John. Mm. He's fighting for God and country. I feel like you're arguing against yourself right no, now. No, because this means James Bond is rogue, which he loves to do. But it means he does not have his support structure. And I also would say, I don't think James Bond could take out Robin Hood. I mean... He doesn't have guns. Uh, well, okay, are we are we sending James Bond back or are we pulling Robin Hood forward? Because that changes my We're answer We're sending James Bond back. We're okay. having a period-appropriate James Bond. Yeah. He is not the greatest archer in the world. Robin Hood is. Yeah. yeah but is, but no. do, you, do you know what James Bond's superpower is? Motherfucker can take a bullet. <laughs> And keep going. He'd take an arrow. He, he takes an, take he an takes arrow. an arrow. He's still he's still. F- he would have to take an arrow that was pierced by another arrow. It, like the arrow sticks in James Bond's chest, and then Robin Hood shoots another one, and it goes through that arrow. See, I'm just pierced. picturing seven. How has that not happened in a fucking Robin Hood movie? I'm yet? just imagining what it would actually <laughs> look like for seventy year old Roger Moore to try and fight his way through some medieval guards. Nah, and man. it's not good. Nah, man. <laughs> Pierced like Brosnan with an arrow. In any case. But none I, of these people are hockey coaches. In any of these cases, nobody, <laughs> none of these people are jacked like Gordon Bombay jumping out of a fucking airplane onto another airplane, Ben. So I'm sorry. I appreciate the arguments. I do think that you have some merit here, but I'm giving this one to Gordon Bombay jumping out of a fucking airplane. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Gordon Bombay and those children would be dead. <laughs> There's already D3. We know they're not. 
You think you think that's going to happen with the Disney uh, show coming out? No, because <laughs> he couldn't fight James Bond. I like the idea of a new Disney minus show that is entirely about James Bond versus the Mighty Ducks. Because <laughs> I, I think I think James Bond takes out a couple of them before Gordon Bombay gets even. Maybe one day Disney will buy Ian Studios, and we'll find out. Maybe. Ion. Ian. Eon. Eon. Okay, Eon. wow. I did not know that. No worries. Um, I mean, it's almost like it's just a vowel off. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the next match is Chris versus Jaffair. All righty. I'm going to go with Hamlet. Well, Hamlet, you're in for a shock twist ending because it was me, Hamlet. It was me all along. I'm going with Vince McMahon. Oh, boy. <laughs> Another line you'll only ever hear on this podcast. <laughs> it was me, Hamlet. It was me, me all, all along. along. Are you his father? What defines your hero-villain dynamic? Chris? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, uh, he's really more of an uncle-father. Yeah. Um. Uh, for having uh, taken up with my uh, mother aunt. Um, I'm sorry, I'm inhabiting the space of Hamlet. Right yes. Now. Um, that's why I just used, uh, I spoke as though I were Hamlet. I am not Hamlet, just to be clear. Um, I think that, I mean, Hamlet's dynamic with everybody is that number one, he's angsty as shit. And number two, he is going to fuck with you. Like, I don't think that there's a single line in the entire play where Hamilton is not actively. Or, oh, my God. That is a. I want to be talking about Hamilton, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there's not there's not a, a single line where where Hamlet is not really like taking the piss out of somebody in the whole play. Like the entire time he is leaving people around him guessing um, and so I would say that, like, really, it's like Hamlet versus the world. Now, granted, he doesn't win that one necessarily, but he does cause an awful lot of collateral damage before they take him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jaffer. To define the hero-villain relationship with Vince McMahon, we must first choose the hero. Yep. Uh, because, as is the case when you've got long-form fiction like professional wrestling where you've got 40, 50 years of story to some of these characters. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, it it was going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Literally, it can't be anyone else. Um, (laughs) Except for the times when Stone Cold Steve Austin was with him, but even then, uh, no, it's got to be Stone Cold. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is defined by the uh, phenomena I like to refer to as Fuck your boss. Uh, Stone Cold begrudgingly has to work for Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon begrudgingly has to deal with Stone Cold because without Stone Cold, he doesn't make money. And it, their dy- their relationship dynamic is that. It is they have to deal with each other, but they don't want to. Vince can't just fire Stone Cold because he knows that he'd lose money. And Stone Cold can't just go work anywhere else because AEW doesn't exist for 20 years. Unlike the other version of Fuck Your Boss, which was what Triple H did. Yeah, for sure. That is the exact <laughs> other version of Fuck Your Boss. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess Stone Cold could have gone to WCW, but by the time that was happening, WCW was turning into a shit show. Yep. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Proven by that time Stone Cold joined WCW in the Invasion arc. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's all about uh, sticking it to the Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I made a pun for Ben. I appreciate it's it. It's called and, pandering. Uh, you get the point. Hell yeah. <sighs> but you made a very good argument, Chris. Oh. I don't think it matters. <laughs> it doesn't. The two, te- two of us are going to the finals regardless. Yeah. All right. Um, so the finals are Jaffer versus Chris. Um, I have to pick first. And 
he hasn't done me wrong and I want to make more jokes. So I'm going with ultra jacked <laughs> Gordon Bombay. <laughs> and I'm going with the only villain uh, that can vie with Gordon Bombay. <laughs> Satan himself. <laughs> oh boy. Oh God. <laughs> you ever think maybe we jumped the shark on this podcast? Nope. No. Nope. I think that we made a podcast out of jumping the shark, Jafer. <laughs> oh no, it's a hero swap. <laughs> 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 Oh no, it's a hero swap. How does your villain defeat your defeat your opponent's hero? You pick the hero. So fair. <laughs> so Gordon Bombay has a god problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does. Now, now one might think, oh, it's literally God. Uh how how is Gordon Bombay? And you know, I mean we're and I don't want to mince words here. We're talking like one true, uh, you know, Christian God here. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to deal with any. Uh, I mean, that's that's sure the adversary's adversary. I suppose the the adversary of the adversary is my friend, right? Because Jesus, yes. Jesus is a I friend. Jesus is a friend. Have a friend in Jesus. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, Gordon Bombay, you might think. He doesn't have a chance, right? He gets up, you know, Gordon Bombay lives his best life. Um, It doesn't matter how he dies, uh, but he gets to the pearly gates and St. Peter is there and he goes, Gordon, come on. Like, you know what you did. You killed the UK (laughs) hockey team. (laughs) You literally (laughs) trained children to be terrorists and destroy the plane. Um, You were racist against Iceland. You were really mean to some kids. Um, you didn't let that girl play hockey until you found out she was good. That was rude. Um, you made fun of that one kid for being fat who wasn't Keenan Thompson. You talking about Goldberg? Yeah. Ugh. Was that actually Keenan Thompson? No. Yeah, I was going to say it was not Keenan Thompson. Well, no, Keenan Thompson was in the second one. Was he? Goldberg was the goalie. Keenan Thompson was in the second one. He he had the knuckle puck. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> I haven't seen these movies in a long time. Uh, and you know the the kid who's like the scary bruiser who slaps shots so hard like it breaks stuff is Foggy from Daredevil. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah you've, you've taken all these the sum. <laughs> This generation of children and completely corrupted them. Gordon or Bombay. Dark Side from the Death of Superman. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you know what's going to happen here. And he goes, "I'm going to need you to appeal this." Uses that legal knowledge, and Saint Peter's all like, "The fuck are you on? This isn't the American legal system. This is, this is my gig." <laughs> yeah, and he goes, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're going to have to appeal this." And he's just like, "What do you even mean?" And at that moment. God appears at the pearly gates to confront Gordon Bombay and uh, Gordon Bombay puts out his best arguments uh, for his entrance to heaven. He uh, he's persuasive in a way that one can only become after years of Zen like motion sharpening skates and he still fucking loses because it's God. And he, what are you going to do? You're Gordon Bombay, right? But he tried his best because that's really, I don't know how he could possibly win here. It's Gordon Bombay versus God. Let's be honest, people. You can't be, there is no such thing as jacked enough to fight God. I yeah. was I was waiting for you to say how many uh Junior Olympics uh, gold medals does God have? <laughs> as far as we know, zero. Well, God is in everyone, so all of all them. of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I, I was waiting for yeah, God to come back. Them. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. What are we even doing here? So the hero in in Mighty Ducks is 
Gordon Bombay's better nature? Or uh, in this version, I think it's Team Iceland. Yeah, I think it's Team Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Gordon Bombay's better nature because after starting off a little shady, he's out to do some good, right? Yes. He's helping some kids learning to play hockey. He's being a positive role model despite the bumps, right? But then he starts listening to a little voice in his head, a voice that is telling him, hey, this Iceland team, sorry, this this UK team, <laughs> this UK team, you can't let your, your kids uh, play them on the ice. They're going to lose. They're too good. They're too good. You can't let them touch the ground either because they got James Bond on the plane. You got to take them out in the sky. And Gordon Bombay shreds off his varsity jacket and goes off to commit a terrible crime. A crime which denies him entrance to heaven. All because Satan won Gordon Bombay's soul by whispering in his ear. Well, your your answer is why Jafar won that other one. So you get that point, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Still kind of salty. I felt like I I should have done better this round, but say lavi. <laughs> oh, that was that was something. That was an episode of Draft the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> as I as I was like sitting there listening to Jafar describe Gordon Bombay walking up to the gates of heaven <laughs> and trying to. Make Make amends for having, having destroyed a plane full of British <laughs> hockey players. <laughs> I realized that this was a particular moment in our podcast's history. Um, see, I don't think, I mean, we jumped to the shark a long time ago. I think that now, like in communist Russia, shark jumps you. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think that the shark has jumped this podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what are we drafting next time, Jafar? So, um, oh, please don't choose musicals because that means I have to finish Hamil- Hamilton too. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking musicals and forcing you to finish Hamilton too. But to be honest, I think after all that, I need a drink. Ooh. <sighs> so I think it's time. Draft some liquor, guys. Oh no. <laughs> no! Can we please draft beer? <laughs> we did that already. I don't want to draft liquor. <laughs> you don't want to take fifteen shots. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Surprising. Or, I know. Sorry, no, not fifteen. Seventeen. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's actually fourteen. One one would go unused. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit better. Fourteen shots will kill me. We'll find out next week when we're drafting liquor. Thanks, as always, to the Kickstand Band for the last thing I ever hear, I guess. (laughs) You can find their music wherever life is fleeting. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to shoot us an email at draftuniverse at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd pick as your favorite liquors or who your favorite villains were. And also send us that fan art of shredded demonic (laughs) Gordon Bombay. <laughs> Send that to us on Twitter at Draft the Verse or on Facebook.com slash Draft the Universe where you can engage with us and our social media manager Keith who's wondering what he's gotten himself into. We'll see you next week, Internet.
Thank you for just give me a second here. <laughs> Thank you for helping me to make this character <laughs> into a <laughs> set piece. I know that he's so bad. <laughs> and, um, I just really appreciate the fact that I get to continue portraying him. 